Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, on this podcast, if it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you know we're going to talk about it. I mean, what else are we going to do? Fart about it? <laughs> it's the most unprofessional intro. <laughs> Uh, I think so I'm gonna, stupid. I'm, I'm leaving file, it. I'm going to file a complaint and have you fired from this podcast. I'm totally leaving that for sure. Uh, There's no doubt about it. Uh, I like so, how you started. Welcome into that was a new, that was a new inflection for you. Yeah, it is. I'm all about uh, reflecting and inflecting. Uh, you know, every, my name is Jay Kyle, man. I have a site <laughs> called the dime drop <laughs> and every single day I am joined by a guy who says his name, the exact same melody every single day. And I challenged him to change it up. Uh, and then I resorted back to just say it the way you did before. So go ahead, Kyle. Kyle Tucker of the athletic. Yes. Yes. So, you know, Kyle and I jump on here and we just talk about Kentucky stuff, basketball, football. If you're new to the podcast, uh, great time to join. So I, uh, tonight, <laughs> guess what I did tonight? Uh, you watched uh, Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Megan had never watched it, man. I couldn't oh, wow. believe it. Was she I, blown away? I mean, did she love it? I'll be honest, man. There was a nice, like, there was a nice, like, vicarious thing going on where she had never seen it. I've seen it several times. I saw the movie late. I'll admit that. I actually think I saw the movie in college, which would have been, gosh, I probably saw it in, like, 2007 or 8. It was, it was late, but a good, like, 14 years late, I guess. But yeah, she had never seen it, so it was funny to hear her react to uh, just the different iconic mo- moments through the movie. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like just singing along to a Beatles song, basically. It's the equivalent. But uh, I don't know. What do you, What are your thoughts on Shawshank? You got a favorite thing uh, moment from the movie? Or I mean, I can't ever get enough of Morgan Freeman, so just I'll just take that all day long. <laughs> I like uh, Dandy immediately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, pretty much just, I, if you, if I, I, that movie helps illustrate something that people eventually figured out because now like it actually is the case. Like I would just pay him to like narrate anything. And I think now if there's like a nature documentary, I think he narrates all the nature documentaries. I thought you were going to say naked documentary. <laughs> I was like, naked, that's I, di- I, yeah, I, I think he'd probably be good at that too. And now, <laughs> <laughs> and now he'll take his clothes off. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I love that movie. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's good. It's, it's, it's funny. It's, it's like, it's like absurdly Hollywood, you know, but it's it's in that way that's charming and it's one of those just has a happy ending. I don't know. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. I got inspired by the re- rewatchables today. But today um we're going to talk about some football over/unders, you know, obviously got the South Carolina game coming up. Kentucky's going to try to salvage their dignity and <laughs> a little bit from the Mississippi State game. And we're going to talk about some of the different uh, themes from that game that'll be important. Then we're going to talk about uh, Devin Askew a little bit again. And then we're going to do some talk about a funny prompt that our buddy John Hale did with Tyrese Maxey. But uh, why don't you go ahead and get us rolling on the over-unders there, Tuck. Yeah, so Kentucky's trying to pull uh, a rare a rare thing <laughs> in, in general against SEC opponents and certainly against South Carolina and make it a six-game winning streak. They've won the last five 
after what had been like a decade and a half of just complete and utter South Carolina dominance, which is crazy because South Carolina was not a juggernaut for a lot of that time. Uh, Kentucky just wasn't that good. Uh, and a lot of that time it was Steve Spurrier and he owned Kentucky at Florida and owned them again at South Carolina. They had won 13 out of 14 in that series South Carolina had uh, before you know, Mark Stoops kind of launched this winning streak. So there's there's something on the line there uh, because this is it's interesting to follow from South Carolina's side. They hate I mean, they hate the fact that Kentucky has yeah. leapfrogged them in the pecking order. Quick question. Uh, has dominated have, them, you know, for five years now. Has any villain ever seen their, their like, positive karma score swing positive more than Steve Spurrier? I mean, Kentucky fans used to loathe him. And now it's like... He could come have a beer at any bar in Kentucky, I feel like, and people would be like, Spurrier. Maybe because maybe they got him at the end there. They, he, yeah, they finally so- beat him. And, and, like, you know, you have to acknowledge how funny he is, like, in digging at, at people. I mean, the shots he would take at Tennessee and, you know, you can't spell Citrus Bowl without UT. That's the classic. Uh, yeah. You know, Free Shoes University uh, about Florida <laughs> State. I mean, he's he's – the thing is, like, all these coaches now are so afraid to say anything mean about the other team. Like, oh, bulletin board material. That dude did not care at all. And then, you know, Kentucky, just so many digs. And, and the, the one that I was, you know, the best one that I was a, a, a party to is uh, they just absolutely eviscerated Kentucky in Columbia towards the end, probably in Joker's last season. It was like 50-6. to six. Uh, and Spurrier came out after the game and said, I know this, Kentucky's got a heck of a punter. (laughs) 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 It was just such a great line. I mean, mean, how can you not appreciate how great that is? Uh, Spurrier is that dude that is in every – every person has a Spurrier just floating in their their social solar system. He's that guy – who can go to a bar with like 10 dudes and he just holds court. You and know just, what I mean? And like, just crushes and he's, everybody. Like, he's yeah. the dude who sits in the center of the group and he just makes all the funny comments and he's just just effortlessly cool and for inexplicably ladies love him even though he looks like a goofball. Yeah. Uh, he's just, <laughs> you got to love Spurrier. I don't know everything he represents. Anyway, no, continue. It, no, it's great. So that's the backdrop of this uh, where the series sort of stands. Spurrier's gone. They got him at the end, and they've they've uh, rolled over Will Muschamp. Um, and so to to you know to set the stage for this one, Kentucky's coming off two straight losses, trying to avoid three. Um, South Carolina just got rolled by Missouri and is now one and three. To me, this feels like a get well game for Kentucky. There's even though it's on the road, there's a, a really good shot to finally. Um, go get a win. So uh, South Carolina doesn't really rank highly in all, hardly anything in the, uh, in the SEC, uh, statistically speaking. So we'll jump into these over-unders and roll through them pretty quick. Uh, the first one to me uh, is Kentucky, uh, on Kentucky's end um, that'll be very interesting this weekend and the rest of the season is direct snaps to Lynn Bowden. Uh, I'll set that at four and a half. <sighs> Quickly, He's only he's taken six total so far this yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, four is a good. You said four and a half. Yeah, I was going to say four. Uh, I'll I'll say four. I'll go under. 
Yeah, uh, it, I think it could be under this game, but we could be looking at an increase as the season go, goes along. Uh, very notably, Sawyer Smith, who's already playing uh, out the remainder of the season as formerly Kentucky's backup. He said his shoulder is fine after practice uh, today as we record on Wednesday night. Uh, and he said also uh, he hasn't missed a rep this week. So that's pretty significant. Sounds like he's a go. Sawyer hasn't missed a rep this week? I guess not. That's what he says. Interesting. Um, Interesting. I'm yeah. wondering if he gets in there and starts stalling that ball a little bit, if his shoulder starts to get inflamed, you know, if it's irritated. I don't know. The, the heat of battle can bring out some inflammation. As, yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll see. So, we'll see. you know, there's that question mark. And if he get does he get hit again? And does that, you know, what happens there? I think certainly if you have any, if Sawyer's not doing well or if he gets hurt again, you have to. I think you have to lean on Lynn a little bit, even if you go to your true backup quarterback. Um, uh, I, I think Lynn will get some reps. And, the, and to that point also, Eddie Grant, the offensive coordinator, said this week uh, that there's a really good package of plays for him and, and said Lynn can rip the ball, uh, talking about throw it down the field, So and, and sort of extolled the virtues of using that package to maybe keep a defense off balance, and that might help Sawyer Smith as well. So that's obviously on their mind. Um, using him more in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say under also, even though I initially thought I was going to say over. I, I think it might be under this game and over uh, at some point in the near future. Um, moving along, South Carolina's rushing yards. I'll set the over-under at 125 for this game. I'll say we'll go a shade over. I'm gonna, I'll say it's going to be a shade over. Um. I'm going to say under. This is a, but it's a tough call because this is a really interesting stat on both sides. South Carolina looks like it's a pretty good rushing team, ranks fifth in the league, rushing for almost 200 yards per game. But it all comes in one game. They mm-hmm. ran for 493 yards and 13 yards per carry against Charleston Southern, and pretty much haven't done anything else since. They ran for 16 yards and averaged 0.7 yards per carry in the loss to Missouri uh, over the weekend. So they're not as good of a rushing team as it would look in the raw data. And then Kentucky has not been as good as a run uh, defense as you would have expected with a veteran defensive line and some good linebackers. Um, they gave up 181 rushing yards to Toledo, and uh, Mississippi State gashed them with 241 rushing yards last week. Uh, so Indeed, that, they gashed them. They gashed for sure. them, for sure. So uh, – I think I, I do think that South Carolina's backfield is a little bit fraudulent, um, and Kentucky's defense will certainly be looking to like prove a little something to themselves after what happened last week. I think AJ Rose and and uh, Cavassier Smoke outrush them. And, and should uh, should we should we change his name to Gash Daniel? What do you think about that? <laughs> if he gets beat a couple more times. That was a that was a Curtis. <laughs> that is a Curtis, but yeah. uh, I think Kentucky's guys outrush them, and and Stoops loves to cite that stat. Every you know the percentage in the SEC when you outrush the opponent is you know whatever percent, and it's really good. So in terms of winning, let's hold the last over under, and we'll pick it. We'll just finish it up in the next segment. Let me let me tell you about Grassroots Pharmacy there, Kyle Tucker. Kyle Kyle Tucker. This is, I'm just going to address this directly to you because you need it. Uh, Grassroots Pharmacy is a locally owned, independent pharmacy looking to change your idea, pointing at you, of what a pharmacy is supposed to be. 
Now, they're going to place a strong focus on nutrition, supplementation, and alternative therapies like CBD oil. Uh, their pharmacists know there's nothing more important than your family's well-being. It's just of super high importance, and they're going to take the time to get to know you, explain your medication to you, and answer questions that you might have. They're going to accept most insurance plans including Medicare. Don't forget that. They are located on 2304 Sir Barton Way in Hamburg for Pavilion. And uh, they're located at that four-way stop next to Best Buy on the parking lot side where Regal Cinema is. And they're open Monday through Friday, 8 to 6 p.m., Saturday, 10 to 3 p.m. And uh, their website is grassrootspharmacy.com. Phone number is 859-263-1382. Check those folks out. They are nice, and they've supported this podcast for a long time. So, Kyle, go ahead and uh, let's. We got one more over and over under, correct? Yes. Yeah, we droned on so long as we as we are wont to do uh, in that first segment. We got a we we spilled over, but that's okay. Uh, you know what, man? Who gives a rip? That's what I say. <laughs> exactly. This is our podcast. Yeah, so we'll do whatever we want for exactly. as long as we're doing this podcast. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, we're not drunk, not, I promise. We're it's just, not uh, funny at all. It's just, <laughs> just late at night. Uh, last over under Ryan Helensky's completion. <laughs> <laughs> it's just unnecessary at all. Is uh, Ryan uh, Helensky? Go ahead, Ryan. <laughs> Ryan Helensky's completion percentage sixty over under. I'll set it at sixty. He. Um, He's at 62.4% for the season. Um, Kentucky ranks pretty far down the list. I think they're 12th in the SEC uh, in opposing quarterback completion percentage. They've allowed almost 64% for the season from opposing quarterbacks. So what do you think? Does he get 60-plus? Uh, Ryan Halinski sounds like the name of the kid that would be in like your elementary school class that like had some infamous embarrassing moment, and then he'd get like, some notorious nickname, you know, I don't know. Halin <laughs> Ryan Halinski it just sounds like the kid who like sneezed in his milk or something. And, uh, <laughs> I, it's just a, it's just one of those names like that. Uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, what was the, the exact, it, it was his yardage again. Sorry. Uh, what was it again? Uh, you're really, you're really dialed in tonight. Uh, not. go ahead. What is it? 60% completion. That's right. Yeah. We talked about this beforehand. Um, man, same old story. You worry that that soft secondary there is gonna is gonna continue to make quarterbacks look like uh, Tom Brady. I'm gonna say I'll go slightly over. I'll say over. Yeah, I mean it's. I think that's probably the safest bet um, based on the combination of what he's done so far and what Kentucky's not done defensively. Um, he's a true freshman playing because Jake Bentley's out for the year with an injury. One of the many SEC quarterbacks who's been knocked out already for the year. Uh, he's a big time player though. He was a number two ranked quarterback recruit in the country Threw for 324 yards against Alabama a couple weeks ago. Uh, I think got some people's attention and, and played well in his debut against Charleston Southern, but he did come back to earth last week in that loss to Missouri. He was just 13 of 30, uh, passing for 166 yards. I, I'm, I think, I actually think I'm going to go under how much, how much do you think that there's going to be some FU energy going on in this game, though, where South Carolina is going to give you a little bit of that play over your head? You know, because they're going to be mad. Well, but it's going to be, you know, the environment's going to be probably 
better than it normally would for a one and three team uh, How coming back home. Will it be? Yeah, there's a there they need it. They and they and more than just in the big sense needing it. They want it really bad against Kentucky. They want to end. I mean, it, it, for better or worse, and it, it offends Kentucky people about this, but uh, like it's it's like a, a mark of shame that you can't beat Kentucky for five years in a row because you know historically Kentucky's been the doormat. Um, it'd be like losing to Vanderbilt uh, five years in a row. Uh, but then there was those that stretch under James Franklin where Vanderbilt rose up and and wasn't you know wasn't getting pushed around anymore. That's where Kentucky is right now. Mm-hmm. But but South Carolina fans don't still think of it that way. They they it is it is very much a point of shame that they cannot beat Kentucky. And so there's just there's going to be there will be some energy in that stadium and there'll be Sandstorm playing our buddy Brett Dawson's favorite song. It's um, lovely. Yeah, just make your ears bleed. South Carolina can't see themselves in the mirror accurately, I don't think. I think they have just maybe a slight, a little slight distorted idea of who they are. I think <laughs> that's just... exactly true because <laughs> they had this little window where they had Steve Spurrier and they were relevant. Um, and even within the Spurrier era, there were times at the beginning and the end where it wasn't that great. It was just kind of pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then they had three straight 11-win seasons. They won the East one year and got to Atlanta. Uh, and everybody got fired up um, and thought they're, you know, we're SEC football. <laughs> Good for uh, them. Good for but, them. But they, I think, losing to Kentucky has, in a reasonable mind, would have brought you back down to earth. And a one and three start this year certainly, uh, as well. So anyway, those are our over unders. We we uh, Lynn Bowden four and a half direct snaps. South Carolina 125 rushing yards. Ryan Helinski 60 percent completion. Uh, we haven't revisited any of these, but they're fun to talk about on the front well, end. Well, when Kentucky loses, what's, what's happening going into this thing? Yeah. When Kentucky loses, I don't feel like people want to 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 <laughs> really reference yeah. to reference Shawshank. I don't think people want to uh, trudge through 500 yards of sewage discussing the, <laughs> the crap of over unders. No, uh, nobody wants to do that. Let's take an early break and then we'll finish just talking about basketball. Let's do that. How's that sound? I like it. So we were we were talking a little bit about uh, an article that our, our guy John Hale, who also ate macaroni and cheese for for a meal, uh, <laughs> and I witnessed it with Kyle, and he took a lot of umbrage to me bringing this up and calling them out for it. But uh, you know, I just think you should have self respect and not eat macaroni and cheese as your only. <laughs> you say that, and then the very night that you you put that out there, the next night, your wife ate macaroni and cheese as a meal and tweeted about it. <laughs> My wife, literally unprompted, didn't tell me. We didn't talk about it. For what are the odds that she would? And what are the odds that she would tweet? <laughs> Also, just period. They tweeted that like, she yes, I did eat macaroni and cheese as a meal, and I'm an adult. Deal with it. Oh, <laughs> that it just so really funny. was so perfect. Anyway, so John wrote uh, an interesting article. Um, pretty creative here. You know, the Marvel movies are really popular, popular with the younger crowd and with uh, nerdy losers uh, like me, uh, and and non losers alike. That's the appeal of the Marvel movies. But he asked Tyrese Maxey to compare his Kentucky teammates to Marvel characters from the, from the MCU. And some of these answers were, were pretty funny. You agree? Yeah. And I don't want to give away everything. I hope people will go check out uh, John's story and they have a video with it uh, at the courier journal, courier journal.com, my old workplace. And John's one of my good friends. 
Uh, but what's what they are funny, but also what struck me about this exercise is it weirdly it really elevates his intelligence in my mind. And like and that sounds really silly, but if you think about if somebody asked you to uh, you started a new job and you've been around your your new coworkers for three four months, and then someone asked you your favorite movie, and then within your favorite movie to assign a character and explain why for eight of your new co- new coworkers or ten, could you act? How many people could like without really any hesitation just boom 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 one after another? Uh, come up with those and like give like <laughs> coherent reasons why like it's it's I think it's a really uh, telling thing about his just sort of his quick wittedness and yeah. uh, I mean because they like they make sense that's the thing it's not just like weird ones like Nate Sestina Captain America was just really funny he says he's Steve Rogers for sure they look just alike I call them that when we're in the weight room I thought that was funny Keon Brooks says Captain Marvel is an interesting one at the, but then I then I saw. So he's basically saying <laughs> Keon Brooks is all powerful and it's going to basically be a Doex Machina that's going to save the season, possibly. Well, we'll see. It's a little yeah. joke about the film franchise. But <laughs> the one that we uh, thought was the funniest basically was Nick Richards. I mean, <laughs> Drax. Reader. Yes, it's Drax. Kind of goofy, strong. They remind me of each other. <laughs> this <is> Bati, <laughs> the wrestler Batista's kind of dumb sounding uh, character. We are not implying that Nick Richards is dumb, but like we've said before, like Nick has this sort of, in fact, this can be deceptive about like he's a lot more intelligent than people give him credit for because he's a seven foot guy who talks like a cartoon giant. I mean, he sounds, he has like a deep, you know, a deep voice. He's like what you imagine a giant person would, would talk like. And, and so it's real, it's very funny. That he said Drax about about Nick Richards and well uh, in the movie Drax is very literal. Drax isn't dumb in the movie. It's just he's he, he one of his gimmicks in the in the film anyway. In Guardians of the Galaxy is just that he's super super literal all the time and and it just cre- it creates these situations. I I, I, I guess and yeah and uh, Nick's goofiness kind of you know uh, I'm trying to see if there's another one here that's really super notable. Uh, you know he called oh yeah. John- Johnny Juzang, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one, I don't know. I don't know about that rationale so much, but uh, I I enjoyed uh, Cal Perry as Nick Fury. That's pretty funny too. Just the guy who's assembling all the talent. Assembling. I didn't even mean to do that. Avengers assemble. It's pretty cool. So yeah, <laughs> I'd recommend people go and uh, read that. Yeah, that's it's a pretty funny little light reading there. That's hilarious, but it gives you an insight into just uh, the qu- the quick minded. The quick wittedness is is encouraging. I I think a lot about like with uh, you know top top players, and I try to look for little commonalities and things like that among among players and sort of colorful personalities. You listen to a lot of the top players talk, and I, I do think that the, like social intelligence, there mm. is some parallel between. Uh, not to take it like su- super serious, but um, social intelligence is something that I've I've kind of wondered about for a what for a while. I don't know if there's really any other way to test that other than just observing. But you think about like uh, this is the tippy tippy top, obviously. But you know, LeBron, funny guy, can you know really really just a 
thoughtful person. Steph Curry, same deal. Um, I don't know. There's not a ton of well, just like really silent superstars. Well, like, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like how often is a really, really high-end player A, dumb, or B, just really standoffish, uh, or C, like a, just a horrible communicator? I mean, yeah, that like those just don't – they don't usually go hand in hand. Like Russell Westbrook is really standoffish. Yeah, uh, but he's also like very, very plainly intelligent. Um, yeah, you Prickly, know, and also but... a lot of people hate him. So I mean, you know, <laughs> there's a question about whether he's a good teammate. Um, but even the know, guys like Tim Duncan or Larry Bird, the guys that are perceivably quiet, there are all kinds of accounts of people being like, "Oh, he's like the funniest person." Like, yeah, those are the they... ones that probably do the most ridiculous things, like sort of behind the scenes when they're with their trusted you know, teammates and, and brothers, but, uh, so yeah, you like, well, you like that from a leadership standpoint mm-hmm. too. Cause if a guy's a good communicator, uh, and is sort of tapped into the whole team, teasing them, I don't know. I like that. That's good. Yeah, and the fact, just the fact that he knows, you know, he knows something about each of those guys, uh, already. I, I think there's a lot of teams you could ask a freshman that, you know, in August or September and not get much out of them. So mm-hmm. I, 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 it, I texted John and like, it's, it's, probably silly how much i sort of read into that like i just was very impressed by his ability to rattle off a, 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 an avenger for everybody so uh nerd nerd yeah. and then you know we're while we're talking about guards five-star guards in kentucky uh, a little bit of news today and we we have we have been very smooth we have been uh Talking about and, and sort of teasing uh, positive vibes a little bit for Devin Askew. He's top 15 player point guard in the class of uh, 2021 that is widely expected to reclassify. Uh, at, at times, Villanova has been thought to be his leader recently. Uh, there's been a lot of buzz about Louisville. Uh, Memphis, I think, is on the table. But um, we've been telling you, Kentucky is in a great position. I feel really good about their um, there's where they are with him uh, and the chance to get him, add him to this reclassify and get him with this 2020 class. And all they really need in the backcourt is a point guard with all the great wings they've already uh, landed. He today announced that he is, uh, he canceled his visit to Villanova. Um, and in, in its place, he's coming to Kentucky. He's visiting Kentucky uh, next weekend. Suspicious. So, it really yeah, is suspicious. That's, uh, you know, He's that's a that's a huge blow. It's it's been a bad week for Villanova. Um, you know, their five star guy they got, their McDonald's All American Brian Antoine, who Kentucky recruited. Uh he injured himself this summer. That's not news, but had surgery and, and I guess Jay Wright announced today that he is not gonna be back until at least December. So that's horrible news. And on the same day he announces that, um, Devin Askew cancels his visit, sets up a visit to Kentucky. This is, what, a week after John Calipari flew out to California and visited him. Joel Justice has been out there to see him. Um, you know, I, I think the tea leaves are, are, are telling a pretty clear story right now, I yeah. think, if you're paying attention. And that's, that's big for Kentucky, man. I just I think, like, with all the pieces they have, that's a they got to ask you with Terrence Clark and B.J. Boston uh, and Cameron Fletcher, that is a terrific group of uh, you know guards and wings that is i think championship level they just have to go fill it out with some big guys 
they fit together well. I like it, and like we've like we've said, I, I really like uh, Askew's personality a whole lot. I, I, you know, he's a, he's a dog. Like you, uh, like you had somebody tell you he's uh, he's an he's an mf or yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I feel good about it. What do you, what do you think about? Uh, I, w- I wonder does do you think that that just totally? Re- I, I know how this is going to come off and I know what you're going to say, but what do you, what do you think that if let's say he does commit, do you think that, that has any kind of c- impact on the, the Cade Cunningham situation or is that kind of say like, I just think, uh, you know, I, I, you don't stop trying with Cade Cunningham. If you can get him, you, you know, I would say, you know, you, you'd worry a little bit anyway that, you know, we'll ask you get it done in terms of the reclassification or one of these other guys, um, and so until that's, you know, if, until the concrete is dry on that, I guess you, you would probably still pursue Cade Cunningham and you would, I guess you would anyway, like you're not going to walk away from a guy who says he's open to you. Who's arguably the best player in America. Uh, yeah. I think realistically Kentucky believes that he's going to go somewhere else or, or that it's a very, uh, a, a very good possibility that no matter how much time they spend, it will ultimately be wasted time. Yeah. Um, I think you take that chance. You, 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 you spend it anyway. Um, because, and they probably can afford to do that in terms of dividing up the, the labor on the staff because they have so much hay in the barn already. They've got so many guys committed in this class. I mean, if they stopped today, they'd have a, you know, guaranteed top two or three class and they're still going to add a couple more. Um, so probably they have the manpower to get, you know, to go spend time, continue to spend time with Cade Cunningham. I don't think it's going to happen. I think he ends up at Carolina or ultimately just says, I really can't screw my brother <laughs> and, and not go to Oklahoma State. Um, All right. You know, whatever yeah. they want to say about it. Oklahoma State hired his brother to get him. Um, it's true. And so true. it would be, it would be a, it would really be a, uh, like, a slap a in, it'd be a slap yeah. in your brother's face it'd to not knife, go there. A stealth uh, knife between the ribs to uh, yeah, that would be. That would and be I just feel, and I just feel like if he doesn't go there, Carolina really seems to have um, put itself in a position to to swipe to swoop in there and steal him. So to swipe uh, right for sure. Yeah. So you know what? I think that's a, a good spot to to wrap it up. Uh, Go, go and read the article we told you about that John did and read Kyle's article about uh, Maxie and Hagens that he put up. He's got another massive data dump coming on the athletic here soon. Actually, that one isn't coming super soon, right? Uh, year, pro- year one. Probably next week. I, I hope next week. I'm ready for that baby to be born. It's uh, It's been percolating for a few months now. So. Yep, yep. Go do that. I put out a video about LaMelo Ball today. Go watch that on my channel on the Dime Drop. And to follow me at, at jkyleman.com. Fall Kyle at Kyle Tucker underscore ATH. And uh, we will see you manana. See you guys later. You are locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts locked on. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.